You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Matt and I will be hosting today. Joining me as always is Jeff, Ken, and Neil. How are you boys doing today? What is up? Doing well. It's nice and hot outside. Yeah, really hot. It's it's hotter than Los Angeles hot, which I do not like. Yeah, when I was when I was over in Chicago uh, this last week, it was it was like 30 degrees hotter than Los Angeles. We saw Matt in person. Yeah, we did. That was very cool. We played mm-hmm. trivia. We won. It was super uneventful. I totally forgot. On a technicality. Until just now. Yes, we won on a technicality. <laughs> oh, that's right. We did win on a technicality. Yeah. We Man. were just really there to, to yeah. socialize for the first time in like a year and a half since, you know, we're mm-hmm. all vaccinated and, you know, we could safely do that finally. So yeah. highly recommended. And it's a great uh, season now. You see all the graduation banners and uh, and parties going on. So it's it's a pretty nice time with mm, everything opening up. People are graduating. Segway, I smell. It is a segue you smell uh, and see. Uh, just wanted to wish uh, a few students of Colleen's uh, who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past four years as they've gone through uh, her theater department and some of them on her speech team. Uh, really fine young women who are going to do some great things in the world. Uh, and they, apparently they listen to the show which I did not know about until mm-hmm. just recently. Um, so I'm hoping that it is not making them dumber. But uh, shout out to <laughs> Katie, Haley, Jesse, Ella, Tess, and Kate, uh, wherever you guys may be going. You know, best of luck to you. But I thought we could give them some advice because we've been around the block, as they say. Yeah, I think you should um, start, definitely start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you too can <laughs> perpetually rent for the rest of your life. <laughs> very, very true. Oh. Very true. Matt, any advice? Um, I would, I would advise just getting a job at Starbucks and just continuing to put off real life until you become a manager and then just be stuck with that for the rest of your life. <laughs> you mean the conglomerate? Uh, yeah. I mean, it could be any conglomerate, yeah, yeah, but right. you know, right. It could be Duncan, could yeah, be, yeah. could be Pete's caribou, et cetera. We don't know where Matt works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also exist. That's true. Yeah. It's very fair. Jeff, you always Jeff. have good advice. Um, I don't know if I have good advice. Um, I think we're all creeping up on an age for which high school was in the first half of our lives. So it's very far removed from my experience now. But uh, 
I don't know. Uh, do uh, Jeff is going to be boring. Do, Eat granola and save your money. Start a four hundred one k. Who cares? <laughs> I was going to buy say, a trampoline. I was going to say, say if if after a few years of doing something you want to do and it doesn't work out, do something you're good at because at least then like you'll be fine. So. <laughs> Yeah, and we decided to do the exact opposite of that. And on today's show, we're going to have a very special guest joining us into our whatever we do here. Neil, why don't you introduce our guest today? You may have heard his voice on a few rules reads. He did some great impressions of Christopher Walken uh, and uh, Patrick Warburton. He's coming to us from Asheville, North Carolina, and is a rules guy impersonator on Patreon, for which we appreciate. And that is Casey Kelly. How's it going, Casey? Hey, guys. Um, Yeah, it's good to be here. It's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, what you're going to be up to today, I suppose, on who, who's going to be your teammate. Yeah. Um, so um, I am the clinical director of a uh, medication-assisted therapy treatment center here in Nashville, North Carolina, I'm working with uh, opioid addiction, um, which is obviously pretty, pretty hefty these days. Um, and today I'm going to be playing with uh, Ken and trying to uh, basically just not look stupid, which is, I think, what we're all trying to do in life. Yep. And on this so, show, perpetually. Generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. The thing about uh, real life, though, is you can't edit it like you can this podcast. So I don't think you have to worry, Casey. There you go. So uh, what are you thinking about for a team name today? So uh, considering the fact that, like, everyone around us is, like, getting houses and, <laughs> like, have, like, steady income and stuff, I thought we could be born to rent Baby, I was born to rent. I like it. The uh, the Bruce Springsteen Realty One, Company. Two, three. <laughs> you know, just keeping you know a baseball cap in my back pocket at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. red cap Realty. How do you like this open floor plan? I'm just gonna say it. he's the original America's ass. If you've seen that album cover. Oh okay. yeah. So Jeff, uh, I love traveling. You love traveling. Um, they're talking about getting rent and and settling down, but uh, we, we're always on the move. So how would we be nomad men? Oh, I'm good with that. Are you always on the move? I'm always on the move. I'm moving right now. <laughs> not not living wise. I'm always on the move. Otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in honor of uh, Bruce Springsteen. Me and uh, Neil are going to stand back to back like he does with his guitarist and listen to this rules reading, which will hopefully be nice and soothing. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round... Players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. How did we get Stephen Van Zandt? I think that was Gilbert Gottfried, actually. Oh, it was Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Is he on the E Street Band? Maybe they have a similar voice. Uh, yeah, maybe it's similar. He was uh, Courtney Cox up on stage dancing to it. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the rules were <rage>. Triviality. <laughs> Hello, uh, that's wonderful uh, so now that we know how to play are you guys ready to get this game going let's do it let's do it all right question one the country known as the land of volcanoes may soon become more well known for its bitcoin beach since becoming the first country in the world to accept cryptocurrency as legal tender name this country um i've got a guess we'll lock it in neil if, you, if you're okay with that yeah let's lock it in in uh, vivek uh, very sorry if we get this wrong because I know you're very into uh, NFTs and you need to teach me a little bit about it. Maybe it's Argentina. 
I mean, I would honestly, that would make sense to me considering how like destroyed their economy was after the market crash. Okay. Yeah. So I heard this on the radio and I, I'm having trouble pulling it, but I, I feel okay about Argentina. I, yeah, honestly, I don't think I'm going to get anywhere else with it. That's okay. fine with me. We'll see Argentina. Yeah. hundred percent agree. You're in the right area of the world. Um, for some reason, I thought this was El Salvador. That's what we locked in. Oh man, it probably is. And the answer is El Salvador. Yep. Yeah. Ken, you were so close. I'm glad you knew that. I, I had no idea. Yeah, it's really interesting that they've decided to do that. Who knows what it'll mean, uh, kind of with most of this mm -hmm. stuff, but we shall see. Yeah. All right, question two. Rumor has it that this summer, a 2000 show that takes place in the Upper East Side of Manhattan is getting a reboot with Kristen Bell reprising her original role. We're locked in. So Kristen Bell is mm -hmm. well known for Veronica Mars. Yep. I don't, does that... That doesn't make sense, her reprising that role at this point, because that was like a high school thing, right? Like high school detective That's type thing. That's what you think, except Ben yeah. McKenzie was like 35 when he was on the OC, so. Yeah, I mean, she could pull it off. <laughs> All right. And uh, I think maybe it's Gossip Girl. I, I think I remember something about her doing the voiceover for Gossip Girl. Honestly, that would, that would fit the time period better, too. All right, let's say I Gossip like Girl. I'm down for it. So yeah. they said Gossip Girl. Um, Kristen Bell did uh, do uh, Veronica Mars again as an adult. Yeah, uh, it was a reboot. A re reboot. A couple of years ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. A limited series was on uh, Hulu. Yeah. But she is the voiceover for Gossip Girl, which is being rebooted. So we locked in with Gossip Girl as well. Nice pull, Ken. I'm so proud of both of you guys. The answer is Gossip Girl. Everyone's excited for it? Mm, no. no. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's great. Moving on to question three. Sonia Henney is credited with revolutionizing which Olympic sport in which she also carries the most consecutive medal wins in Olympic history? We tried to figure out some clues in the question just to see if that would help us with an answer. Uh, we're not too familiar with Sonia, but uh, we're going to take a stab and uh, lock in. Okay. So I know there's a Sonia in Mortal Kombat, but I don't think they give out medals for that. <laughs> They um, don't. Um, basically, you just get to live. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know this person at all. Um, maybe so I'm stuck between two things. Yeah. I've got like, and it's kind of competing. Um, there was like a person that had like the what are they like where it's the bars that are like uneven or uneven whatever bars. And then there's like a figure skater lady. Okay. Um, now I don't remember which one this is. But I kind of want to go. Well, I kind of want to go figure skater lady. Yeah, just let me to say get, this just to because be <laughs> if it was if it was just the uneven bars, you would probably just say gym gymnastics. So I think that's a little bit like of a gray area. So okay. I'm good with figure skating. I was also thinking maybe Let's, like yeah. snowboarding or something like that. Something like a little more new, newish. Okay, so why don't we just do figure skating and right, that just, sounds good. Okay. Yeah, we uh, we thought maybe uh, revolutionized was a clue in there. So we thought, what uh, what sport has a lot of revolutions? We said uh, figure skating. Mm. Mm. And you guys are both correct. It is figure skating. Uh, Sonia was an Olympic medalist in the 1920s and 30s and is pretty much responsible for the, the glamorous, beautiful kind of thing we think of when we think of figure skating. Mm. She kind of brought that to the forefront. 
Uh, the question was written by also the glamorous and beautiful Jane Carmichael. So thank you so Aww. much for that question. What a, what a great I'm segment sad. there. Question, <laughs> uh, question four. If you were watching Jeopardy not too long ago, you would have learned that Enclave is a country contained within another country. Which term derived from Enclave describes a country or territory that is geographically separate from the rest of its border? A notable example is Kalingrad. And also, if you were watching oh. that episode, you would have seen listener Katie Sikelsky, uh dominate. So great job. job, Katie. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were rooting for you. Yeah, great job, Katie. And uh, check out uh, her work at The Inkling. Uh, she helped with the calendar that uh, we were involved in last year. Uh, so awesome. Yeah, great job. Uh, well, Neil, knowing uh, what I know about Kaliningrad, we can lock in. You always talk about how much you love Kaliningrad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand. Um, I think Kaliningrad is an example. Kaliningrad. Uh, an <laughs> annex? How about an annex? Mm, isn't an annex when you like take something else? That being said, I don't I don't have anything else. So All right. let's just go with that because I, I I'm having trouble picturing this. So Kaliningrad is an old um, holdover from when Russia was an empire, and they lost territory in between. So its only border is like it's like sandwiched between like Lithuania and Poland or something like that. Uh, hmm. This is an exclave. Exclave. I've never um, yeah, the opposite of an enclave would probably be an exclave. Exclave going to so. give it to you. All right, Pete, of course. Knock, knock, You're not into geographic rap. Okay. Geographic rap is uh, pretty hot right now. Question five. In a movie that will do wonders for spell-checking editors across the country, relative unknown John Shire is stepping in to become the head coach of which powerhouse NCAA team after next season's play? I heard something about this, uh, whether it was on a podcast, maybe Benchwarmers, or just in a conversation with other people. And um, I think we have a decent idea. I don't know if it's right, but we're going to lock in with it. I have no idea, just for the record, Casey. I've, I haven't a clue. Um, Let's say like, uh, Temple. That's a school. Temple's a school. In Philadelphia, um, I think. It is in Philadelphia. Um, that's, that is correct. Um <laughs> Do I have to take my shirt off now? Is that how this works? You do. You do. Them's the rules, man. I don't write them. I just enforce Today we're them playing for strip no reason whatsoever. We are. We are. In the morning, no less, too. We'll do a strip triviality for Patreon. Yeah, that's true. If yeah, mm. everyone submit one question. Don't sign me up for things I'm not allowed to. Three hundred fifty patrons have now left. <laughs> how did you lose money? I'll do strip triviality. That's fine. All right, let's say Temple. That's fine with me. I uh, I was gonna be like, let's say Chapel Hill. I don't. <laughs> so yeah, Temple's fine with me. Right. Speaking of Temple, my body's a Temple, which means I will be wearing a sock, Red Hot Chili Pepper style. So we won't go full nude. We don't. So go does that make nude. your back tattoo the Sistine Chapel? Is that is if that there the, was a back tattoo, it would be it would be the Sistine yeah. Chapel. So you're saying there's if not a back there tattoo? It's unconfirmed, really. What? Oh no. no, no, no! I think that's uh, I think that's tacit agreement. I checked like, on Snopes. Yeah, right. It's it's like it's Schrodinger's back tattoo. Yeah, it's we like Area, Area Fifty One. It's there. <laughs> it could be there. Something's there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's aliens. Um, it was written with neutrinos. So we talked about this over here, and I I've been hearing something about this, uh, and for some reason I was like, oh, Duke, it doesn't really fit the spell check clue, but I know Coach K is retiring, and they are a powerhouse, so that's what we locked in with. Oh. Yeah, and Neil is apparently better at spelling Shashevsky than doesn't need a spell checker. Uh, yeah, the answer is Duke. Mm. 
It was for his name. Okay. I was like, what college? I, I can spell Duke. Okay. <laughs> I apologize to the rest of my state. I am. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, at the end of five questions, it looks like uh, we picked up 20 points over at Born to Rent. And uh, you guys are perfect right now. Yeah. Always. What the hell? Jeez, and crying. All right, give us some good ones, Matt. Jeez. Yeah, the, the problem is the questions, Ken. <laughs> yeah. uh, this question will definitely create some separation. I'm sure that Neil will not know it. Uh, question six. The phrase, and the Oscar goes to, has been so synonymous with the Academy Awards that you'd think that they've always said that. But prior to this year, they had always said, and the winner is. Some of the first people to hear the revamp phrasing would be Jodie Foster and Barry Levinson. What year did this change take place? I mean, so if it's Jodie Foster and Barry Levinson, that kind of, that does put it... 1992? So when, all right, so let's look at when Jodie Foster won Oscars. I can, right? I can lock in. All right. So you guys can talk. We're thinking about Silence of the Lambs. Did she win one for Taxi, Dri or for Taxi Driver? I don't think so. Maybe. It's possible, but I don't think so. That'd be okay. really early then. That'd be 70s. You want to take a stab in Dark Say 88? I think that would not be a bad call. Sure. All right, let's go 88. I think All right, renters, renters going with 88. Nomads. What do you say? The other team was saying a lot of stuff that was right. I mean, Jody Foster was in Science of the Lambs, um, which would have been 91 for the 92 Oscars. Um, she did win an Oscar for The Accused, which was from 1988, which would have been the 88, 89 Oscars. Um, and 88 was also the year Rain Man uh, won as well for Barry Levinson. So we won 88. So that is 100% correct, but the Oscars were held in 1989 for the 88. Oh, no. Boo. Matt, come so, on. Uh, come on, Matt. Oh, shenanigans. If you said 88 at home, you get points. Neil gets no points in the studio. That's how it works. That's fair. <laughs> so we're going to move on to, uh, we're question, on to question seven. All right, question seven. No matter if viewed at night or during twilight hours, this lunar phase is the least visible to us here on Earth. Oh, yeah, that's I got that one easy. Um, I'm assuming it's the opposite of a full moon. No, that, is... I'll put my pants back on. No, I think uh, lunar phase, <laughs> that's all about moons, right? So, right. Um, so what planet shows a lot of moon? I think we're talking about the moon, not a planet. Mm. Talking about moon, moon. Moon, oh, the moon. moon. Oh, the moon, moon. Yes, we're talking about <laughs> moon, moon. Buddy. Um, a full moon would be the one that's most visible, right? Right. So the opposite, I believe, is a new moon. Oh, twilight. Okay. <laughs> he yes, also Neil. said twilight in the question. He did. So ah. we said, we're going to go with new moon. All right. I will reenact Taylor Lautner here. <laughs> I really didn't want to bring Stephanie Myers into this, but you know it's done. So there's that. It is new moon. New moon is the answer. Yeah. Yes, and I specifically meant to bring Stephanie Myers into this. Uh, <laughs> the answer is new moon, of course. Question eight. Speaking of moons, the value of this NFT was to the moon, as this meme icon was sold for four million dollars recently, which is not the first time this mean this meme has made someone a whole lot of money. Jeff and I are at a loss over here. We're just going to lock in with a random meme and hope that it's sold for a lot of money. All right. My only um, thing I can remember on this one is I know Disaster mm -hmm. Girl sold for a tidy sum, but I don't think it was the $4 million. And it also doesn't really fit the clues. Can you think yeah. of any others? I'm trying to think of which ones would have been attached to the, um, to the GameStop phenomenon. Because that's kind of no, what I'm I, feeling like. I think the NFTs kind of hit the market a little bit after the GameStop thing. 
Right. Well, I was thinking like with the to the moon and all that. I oh. feel like that started kind of with with GameStop. Oh, I know what you're like talking about. Yeah, I know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Stonks. And I'm wondering if they're yeah, maybe the Stonks meme. Ooh, it could be the Stonks meme. Okay. You want to go with good, the Stonks good meme? Good enough. All right, locking in with Stonks. Nomads. Uh we we did go with Disaster Girl. So, cuz we just didn't have any better ideas. Uh, Disaster Girl, I believe, was the previous holder of this. Uh, Kelly was kind of dancing around it. Uh, someone who made a lot of money um, off a meme-based cryptocurrency was Elon Musk, who wanted this one to go to Doge. the moon for Dogecoin. The answer was Doge. Doggy coin? F. That totally Doggy makes coin. sense. Doggy <laughs> coin. F in the chat. All right. Let's move on to question nine. Which alliterative makeup tool is used primarily for the application of foundation and concealer? Despite its name, I'm told it can actually be used in the kitchen. Uh, I I know what he's talking about. I just I can't think of the name. Um, Are you thinking of that like funny shaped sponge thing? That's one of the things I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. That it looks like a yeah like a. Foam I have no chest idea piece. what that was. Like what is this? What is this foam egg? Jeff and I went through all of our makeup tools in our bag here, and I think we found <laughs> the answer. So we're gonna lock in. And I'm thinking maybe Ken? one of these words is sponge. Because it's like that, like strangely shaped, like it's like round on one side and then it kind of comes to a point on the other side. It's like kind of a really okay. weird looking device, but it's squishy like a stress ball or a squat, a sponge. Kind of like a spongy carrot. Yeah. Sculpting sponge. I'm trying to think of things that we've used like for obviously like set makeup and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, pan stick, pancake. Could be. There's, you know, you have like the little wedge thing, which is like a beauty blender. You have a oh beauty like blender, powder that, that's it. Puff thing. Let's say beauty blender. Oh, that's a great. Oh boy! Oh, All right, I, no man. <laughs> I think Neil and I went with blender brush, blending brush. Yeah. The answer is the beauty blender. Well done. Uh, let's finish up this round with question ten. In this 2021 film, based off a Broadway musical. A line from the original play making fun of golfing with Donald Trump and having him as his caddy was changed to being about Tiger Woods for, well, reasons. My first thought is like In the Heights is coming out in theaters like this year. Mm-hmm. That's a good guess. I don't I don't know any of the music from it, so that's a good Neither guess. Neither do I, but like the plot is basically like they get a lottery scratch off, I think, that wins like a decent amount of money. Okay. So that would be, that good makes sense to me. Yeah. All right, let's say that. Jeff, uh, you wrote down In the Heights, uh, which I just watched the other day, and I'm trying to remember if that line was in it, but um, it makes sense, though, because it is the the most current Broadway adaptation uh, on screens, I suppose, recently. Yeah, I couldn't think of another Broadway adaptation this year in film, so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go In the Heights. Is the movie already out? The movie is out oh. as, of, as of today, uh, June 13th. Oh, very good. Uh, we also said In the Heights. And the answer is in the heights. So points for both teams. It's when you're just like, pay us, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Like <laughs> after the first round, it looks like the scores have gotten closer. Team Born to Rent has 50 points, and narrowly ahead is uh, me and Jeff over at Nomad Men with 70. So Matt, uh, what is the swing round today? All right, today's swing round is a horror mashups concept kind of thing. I took a horror movie, mashed it up with a different movie, and I wrote a new synopsis. So you're going to have to do that before and after. Um, So for an example, 
After a horrific satanic hallucination, young woman is afraid that her unborn child may actually be able to speak a secret language only understood by other babies that possess a greater level of intellect. Which would obviously be Rosemary's baby geniuses. There you go. Awesome. So it's ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's hear him. So going into the swing round, question one. Keanu Reeves communicates with a woman via via mailbox only to discover he may have been too late as she isn't too mobile since her trip to a local museum. Number two, this Ang Lee joint has a real M. Night twist as Bruce Willis thinks Hugh Grant and Alan Rickman are in a period piece, but it turns out they died a long time ago. Number three, Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum are stranded in a forest doing their best to make it work while being chased by something possibly paranormal. Number four, if you build it, they will come. It, obviously referring to New York, and we never actually get a clear view of who they are. Maybe Shoeless Joe Jackson got a look. Number five, Michael J. Fox stars in this delightful romp about a man, a plant, and his newly adopted son, who is a little bit different. Suddenly, Seymour's life is a little more complicated. Number six, Kevin Hart and John Lithgow Star in this comedy about what happens not only after the owners go to work, but after playing in the street unsupervised. Number seven, Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson star in this movie, avoiding not only the undead, but also the terror of being locked into 13 straight-to-video sequels. Number eight, Ice Cube stars in this sequel where the killer isn't who everyone thinks it is, and he says bye, Felicia, to the mask-wearing killer at the end. Number nine, Jean-Claude Van Damme tries to stay awake while fending off bad dreams and Hadoukens in this video game adaptation movie. (laughs) And number 10. Dolly Parton is not to be messed with in this horror musical. Burt Reynolds is also there, but it's long enough ago that his face isn't quite leather yet. And that's all 10. All right. We will get to work on these and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off. An eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. 
We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. All right, so both teams are locked in, and let's get those answers. Uh, we're going to start with question one. Keanu Reeves communicates with a woman via mailbox, only to discover he may have been too late. She's not too mobile. She went to a museum. Nomads, what did you say? Yeah, my mom watched uh, Keanu Reeves film parts of the first one because it was shot locally to us here in the Chicago area. Uh, so we said the Lake House of Wax. Yes, Lake House of mm. Wax. Paris Hilton, right? In the remake? Yeah, Jared Padalecki. Yep. What a mistake. That's hot. No, <laughs> it's wonderful. She's a great actress. Uh, Lake House of Wax <laughs> I is believe correct. you she's a great heiress. <laughs> That's true, too. She was very good at that. Number two, this Ang Lee joint has a real M. Night twist. Bruce Willis thinks Hugh Grant and Rickman are in a period piece. Nope, they're dead. Uh, nomads. We went uh, the sixth sense and sensibility. Yep, we said the same. And speaking of Shyamalan, did you see his new movie that's coming out? It's just called Old. Old. Yeah, I felt attacked. <laughs> oh, I yeah, love the... all his new movies are just one word. just like very simple, like split. Old. old. Whatever the other one is. Glass. Yeah. Glass. Getting old is terrifying. He's right. An island where you just magically turn old is terrifying. Uh, I think I live on that island. On number three. very slow. <laughs> uh, number three, Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum. They're in a forest. They're trying to make it work, being chased by something. Nomads. Designers, uh, we said the Blair Witch Project Runway. Yeah, I'm just going to stand in the corner mm -hmm. here for a minute. Uh, we said the Blair Witch Project <laughs> Runway. And that is correct. Uh, number four, if you built it, they will come. We're, we're in New York. We're not sure who's there. Shoeless Joe Jackson might have. Uh, nomads. Yeah, this is the only one we had like a decent amount of trouble with, but we tried to find a movie that fit with Field of Dreams, which was your Shoeless Joe Jackson clue. And we went Clover Field of Dreams. Yeah, okay. so uh, we did the exact same thing. Um, Clover Field of Dreams. And that is correct. Clover Field of Dreams. Great movie. Uh, number five, Michael J. Fox is in this delightful romp about a man and a plant and his newly adopted son, uh, Nomads. What'd you say? Uh, we said Stuart Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. We said the same. Stuart Little Shop of Horrors. And Stuart Little Shop of Horrors is correct. Uh, number six, Kevin Hart, John Lithgow. There's pets. Something's happening. Uh, <laughs> nomads, what'd you say? This one That's gave a good, us good summary. I know this one gave us trouble, but uh, we eventually got there. We locked in with the secret life of pets cemetery. Yep, there's a little uh, tweak in this one, but we said the same secret life of pet cemetery. Mm -hmm. The answer is secret life of pet cemetery. I always thought it was pet cemetery, so I guess I was wrong there. Pet cemetery. Live and learn. I don't know. There's multiple. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Number seven, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson. They're in a movie about the undead and a ton of video sequels. Nomads. Oh, man. Uh, I would love to see this one. We said Zombie Land Before Time. <laughs> zombie Dinosaurs. Yep. Zombie Land Before Time. Because, God, those, like, those bits, those songs just got like lazier and lazier. It was just like, just like let's go and run around, run around. Like, it's just, <laughs> They're just like describing actions. <laughs> oh, Making so a sequel. Let's go for the pond and not get eaten. Yeah. Life in the Cretaceous period. Time is correct. 
question eight ice cube stars in this sequel where the killer is and who everyone thinks it is by felicia you know the rest uh nomads yes so we uh we know that uh by felicia was from friday and there was a horror movie with vince vaughn uh where he switched bodies uh with a teenager <laughs> and so we went freaky friday Ooh. <laughs> might have to give him points on that even though it's f-ing stupid <laughs> <laughs> it follows the clue that it's, you didn't know who it was. I don't know. Next Friday the thirteenth. Oh, that may I guess that would work too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works better because the killer has a mask and the killer is Jason's mom. And also there's it a sequel involved. A oh, did he oh did it say sequel? Oh, I didn't see the sequel. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I mean that would be terrible. No points for like... Neil again. To like go to bed at to, be, to wake up as Vince old. Vaughn, that is terrifying. And then wake up as Vince Vaughn, like a sixty-year-old Vince Vaughn. <laughs> it is. It, he does wear a mask in Freaky uh, in the beginning. He's a Jason knockoff, but I, I won't take the points. But it, it technically could fit. But it's a well, sequel. Oh, no, ice cube it ice because there's no before and after. It's just one and then the other. Right. Right. There's no ice, shared word. Also, ice cube in the movie. He's he in not. Friday. Well, then he is in Friday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Good clue, though. Well, I didn't know that you were such a freaky aficionado. Um, but we can move on to number nine. Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's trying to stay awake, and there's Hadoukens. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe. Nomads, what'd you say? We said Nightmare on Elm Street Fighter. Nightmare on Elm Street Fighter. Vega got a new job. so I'm going to uh, kick of Neil's ass yeah. so hard <laughs> that the next Neil wannabe is going to feel it. <laughs> All right, and wrapping up this round, Dolly Parton's not to be messed with. Burt Reynolds is also there, looking a little younger. Uh, Nomads, what did you say? We said it was the best little whorehouse in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, Casey uh, locked in on this one. So, Yep, best little whorehouse in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, points all around. That was a very productive swing round. Great clues, Matt. Uh, looks like Team... Born to Rent uh, picked up 50 points. They're perfect in that round. So they have 100 points going into the second round. And we picked up 45 points missing on the uh, Freaky Friday clue. It should have been Freaky Friday. We are at 115. (laughs) Now, Casey, we just wanted to thank Uh, you one more time for being a a Patreon supporter. Uh, We couldn't do the show without you. So thank you for supporting the show. If you'd you'd like to join Casey, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And Jeff, uh, we've been really knocking out the audio bonuses so people are going to have i think over 35 hours hours of extra content that's right it's uh you don't even know sometimes we'll release one episode uh and it'll be on our main feed and then there'll be two more hiding on that patreon feed so check it out if you're interested in hearing more from us because uh, there's some great stuff over there and matt uh, it is your game today but you've been tooling around with the triv now app and uh, you had an exciting development about uh, patrons and special content that we could get to at a certain point is that right yeah, if we're getting up to 450 patrons, I did move that bar a little bit. We're going to do a bi-monthly live game. Uh, all the patrons are going to be able to kind of join in and play a game live with us via the Trip Now app. It'll be a by, lot of fun. Bi-monthly, you mean every other month, not twice a month, correct? That is 100% correct. Okay. Yes, that is the correct. It can be interpreted both ways. So I just want to make sure that I know what we're going to do. Not in this we're case. We're going to do it I'm tri-weekly. Doing it twice a month. <laughs> now, when you say tri-monthly, bi-monthly, you're just talking about muscle groups. No. No. Okay. Got to work the buys and try. Uh, Well, Mm. uh, yeah. So please uh, join Casey if you'd like to at patreon.com slash triviality podcast for a bunch of different perks uh, and to help uh, continue uh, growing our show. All right. Round two, question one. 
This popular sauce in French cuisine is made by emulsifying hard-boiled egg yolks and mustard with a natural oil like canola or grapeseed. We're locked in. Okay. Is this the delicious sauce that goes on the uh, eggs Benny? So hollandaise is um, egg yolks and lemon juice and um, something else. I think butter. I think this is Mornay. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm good with it. If you're correct and and we are not, I will be Mornaying that answer. But uh, we said hollandaise. <laughs> Ooh, no points here. The answer is actually grabiche. It's a grabiche mm. sauce. I think we're all playing a little grabiche right now. A little grabiche yeah. under the table. <laughs> Uh, good guess though, Casey, with that. I was with the Mornay. Chef. Yeah, I think like Mornay might be the cheese one. I think I'm mixing them up. And in French, actress Rebecca de Mornay is Rebecca of Mornay. <laughs> there you go. She's Rebecca cheese sauce. She's a little less sultry. <laughs> Spent a little That's less a time with Tom Cruise. This, <laughs> this cover, am I going to have to like Photoshop Rebecca de Mornay as cheese? Like a block of yes, cheese? Yes, yes, you are. I <laughs> be it. It's canon now. You you set that self up. You played yourself, Jeff. <laughs> I just like photoshopping ridiculous things. By the way, if you haven't seen them, I'm having a lot of fun with it lately. So please join the crop or follow us on Instagram or Twitter because and Discord. We post it there too. So check out Jeff's artwork. It's been really fun. I don't know if I call that artwork. <laughs> I'm having fun with it. It's something. It's something. I mean, Saint Swayze yeah, just doodles. It's it's high art. <laughs> It's definitely not high art, <laughs> unless I was somehow under the influence. If you'd like an NFT of Jeff's artwork, mm. completely free. All right, question two. It was 52 years ago today, as of today of the recording, that the term Miranda Warning and Miranda Rights were born. The plaintiff, Ernesto Miranda, was accused of stealing $8 from a bank teller in which God-enriched state? I'm pretty sure. All right, go for um, it. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure this was... Yeah. Okay, so God enriched. I just read this this whole story because I was like, one day I'm going to have to know about Miranda and, and everything, and I, it was very fascinating. For and some I'm, reason, I think it's Arizona v. Miranda. Does that sound right? That is the case? That does sound right. Arizona v. Miranda. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay. So I guess we'll lock in with uh, Arizona. Yeah, so it's absolutely Arizona. Yeah, the land of the 99-cent iced tea. The answer is Arizona. What's the God enriched It's a great clue? job to both teams. Uh, so above the the state motto is Ditas Deus, which basically translates to God enriched. Uh, question three. In 2016, ING and Microsoft collaborated to produce the next This Artist, a 3D printed object that closely resembled one of his paintings. The machine learning algorithms use specific data points like color, geometry, and texture to mimic an authentic painting. Dutch Boy was definitely a fan, as well as fans of 90s sitcoms. Let's go off the beaten path. We'll go with uh, the second one that I've written down here, and we will lock that in. All right. Uh, any ideas right off the top? I was just thinking Van Gogh and uh, Vermeer are Dutch. Yeah. Um, fortunately, my Dutch paint painting knowledge is kind of rough. Um, that's basically as far as mine goes. And then what's the guy? He's got like a lot of really deep, the dark, um, deep dark like reds. Dark yeah. Ones. Yeah. Isn't that Vermeer? Is that for me? I don't think so. There's another another one I'm thinking of. I believe that was who Thor, was, the Dark Ones. <laughs> who was uh, Pearl Earring? Slipping like my Van Hoek? Sorry. That's okay. I would be okay with a lucky Vermeer. That's fine with me. Um, yeah, let's like it, Vermeer. We went um, with the artist who uh, did grow at the Pearl Earring. We went Rembrandt. <sighs> Rembrandt. 
Uh, yes. And the uh, the artist who did the Friends theme song was the Rembrandts. Uh, the answer is Rembrandt. All right, number four. The game Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64 was originally designed to be a sequel to the hit game GoldenEye, also for the Nintendo 64. However, they could not procure the rights to which Bond installment when they lost a bidding war to EA, who produced the movie adaptation game instead. All right, so I'm going to assume that this would be Tomorrow Never Dies because they did a World Is Not Enough game. Yeah. Well, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's the game that EA made. Yeah. Because it's vastly different from GoldenEye. So I, I think it's Twine. You think so? Yeah. Okay, that's fine with me. So they're locked in. Jeff, um, do you know what Bond movie was not a game? I, I don't really know the games other than GoldenEye. Yeah. Um, I know they made GoldenEye. I know they made um, The World Is Not Enough. But And was there a Die Another Day game? Later? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. But Okay. So if, if those were all games, that would leave Tomorrow Never Dies being one that they didn't make a game if, if, if you don't remember that one, right? Yeah. Okay. We can lock in with that. I don't think he's saying that they didn't make a game. I think he's just saying a different studio made the game. Oh, a different studio. Yeah, so Okay. All right, Matt? Uh, yeah, they lost the bidding war to EA, which produced Tomorrow Never Dies for the PlayStation, and it was not very good. Okay. So the answer was Tomorrow Never Dies. Sorry, Casey, misunderstood the question. That's okay, man. It's a game. It's fun. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Uh, question five. Popular rumor says this leader's tomb is located somewhere in the Kentai Mountains. Uh, no one knows for sure where it is. And in this sparsely populated nation, that's the way they intend to keep it. I'm locked in. Um, Neil, I would believe this is all leading me to Mongolia, sparsely populated. So I would think it's Genghis Khan. Oh, okay. Because Matt's clue, for some reason, I in my head, I was like, why is he trying to go to Carmen San Diego? And where is Carmen San Diego? San Diego? <laughs> I know that was the wrong path. Genghis Khan sounds like a much better answer. Yeah, I, I don't think they want people trying to find his grave. So we're going to go Genghis Khan. Would you concur, Casey? I believe this was the great Genghis. Yeah, I believe it was Genghis Khan. 100% correct, both teams. The answer is Genghis Khan. I, I get a little bit Genghis Khan. <laughs> reference that nobody's going to get Mike Snow reference get out of here <laughs> after five questions in the second round Born to Rent is at 120 and the Nomad Men are at 155 alright moving on to question six you can probably guess what the top two pets in the United States are but what is the third most popular pet in the United States we can go with your answer if you want Okay. my mind, my mind immediately went to fish that's what I thought, too. They're really easy to take care of. They're a kid's first pet. Yeah. They're really simple. And uh, I don't know a lot of people who have fish, but I think that might just be my, like, sphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. And, I mean, like, you break down a pet store. A lot and of like the, fish. A lot of it's fish. Okay. Let's say fish. Cool with it. A fish, a fish. A fishy arrow. We wrote down a lot of animals. We wrote down bunny, hedgehog, hamster, gerbil, lizards, lizards, snakes. snakes. Um, but Jeff, you were thinking it was possibly birds, right? Because I forgot about fish. <laughs> <laughs> we locked in birds. Thanks for all the fish. Uh, it's a shame that you forgot about fish because the answer was, of course, fish. Uh, now, everyone's now favorite jam band and third favorite pet. There you go, Ken. Oh. You redeemed yourself. 
<laughs> Thank you. All right, moving on to question seven. This Brooklyn-based author had won the Hugo Award three years in a row from 2016 to 2018 for her works The Fifth Season, The Stone Sky, and The Obelisk Gate. Who is that author? So I know the author name, but here's the problem. I mess up the letters in my head every time. I'll just give the closest approximation to just the last name. Shepherdy rules, so. Oh, we can just give the last name? Yeah. Oh, it's Jemison. Okay. And you guys are out. Yeah, we just locked in with uh, the last name Clark. All right. Uh, just for my curiosity, what would you have guessed for the first two letters? I think it's like MK. The answer is NK Jemison. Oh, it's close. Great job, NK. Kelly. <laughs> Yeah. Good poll, Casey. Great poll. No points there. Mm-hmm. Starting to uh, give a little ground, Neil. I know. I'll shore this up. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question eight. While most people be familiar with the Brat Pack, in 1987, popular British magazine The Face conducted an interview with several young British actors and coined the term the Brit Pack. Using three guesses, name any two of these actors. And there were two actors who were asked to be a part of it, but couldn't. But I'm going to include them in the Brit Pack as well. I'm trying to think, like Gary Oldman and Tim Roth were getting big at that time period because they did like. I'm I'm I would be good with that. I was thinking comedy. You but... want to do Oldman and Roth? Yeah. How many do we get? We get three. Three guesses, guesses to name two of them. Okay. Okay. Should we do Oldman Roth? I don't think like yeah, Kane would be too old. Oh yeah. At that point, like way old, Michael Caine. All these young kids out here trying to get drunk. The size of a tangerine. And uh, Clive Owen. <laughs> At 80 years old, my prostate is the size of a tangerine. Might be too early for Clive Owen. No, I definitely agree, but <laughs> I just don't have anything else. Might be a good time for like Colin Firth, maybe? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to do Colin Firth, Gary Oldman, Tim Roth? Sure. Okay, so Colin Firth, Gary Oldman, Tim Roth. Yep. So I knew Gary Oldman was definitely a part of it because uh, he he had a big uh, you know uh, coming out party uh, in Hollywood, kind of early '90s. Uh, it was big in England. Um, I guess Hugh Grant um, who and was then, invited to the party. Who was invited to the party? Oh, oh, Hugh Grant. Was it everyone? That's a good reference. <laughs> uh, so I knew Gary Oldman for sure. Hugh Grant, I just said just because it's Hugh Grant, but I don't think he really was was popular until a few years after that. And then the other one, uh, I took a guess because I know he was a very popular young actor and someone that I met at three in the morning in London uh, in front of a sushi restaurant uh, as he was wearing a tank top and talked to him about his uh, work in A Midsummer Night's Dream because we both played Oberon, King of the Fairies, and I said Rupert Everett. All right, so the answers that we have are Spencer Lay, uh, Paul Paul McGann, I think, uh, Bruce Payne, and then we have Colin Firth, oh. Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, and Tim Roth. Oh, good Ooh. job, hey. Tim Roth. Three for three. You only need nice. two show-offs. <laughs> <laughs> Stonewalled us. I was like, the entire time, like, he got to Paul McGann. I'm like, this is not going well. <laughs> I, was, I, was, uh, I was nowhere close on that one, so... That's all Casey. <laughs> he was a doctor. I wanted to name all the ones that nobody guessed first. Yeah. So. That's fair. No. Well done. Expense their suspense built. Expense is built. <laughs> yes. The Spencer Lee was built. Question nine. 
On April 13th every year, the Songan Festival occurs in this country to celebrate the new year. Uh, in the modern celebration, the roads are closed for traffic and posts equipped with water guns and buckets full of water. Uh, the party runs day and night. If you feel good about when to lock in with, you can, because all I heard was him going day and night, which made me think of Kid Cudi, which isn't going to help us. So, no. uh, Let's go with that second one, the one I pointed to that I liked. Okay. I don't know if it's right, but let's do it. All right, Jeff and I uh, locked in on a possibility, and we're going to go with it. Okay, so I'm thinking based on the name of the festival, maybe like South Asia or South East Asia. Right right there with you. The pronunciation sounds Thai to me. Um, so I'd be like Thailand or like Cambodia area. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm good with Thai. Thailand sounds good to me. Yeah, we thought about that. Uh, assumes my pronunciation is correct. We thought about uh, Vietnam, Philippines, <laughs> uh, possibly India, but um, the name just really uh, screamed Thai to us. So we also locked in with Thailand. Mm, the answer is Thailand. So points for Pat both teams. Pat yourself on the back, Matt. Yes. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> All right, final question of this round. Nikola Jokic recently became the first NBA player to win the MVP drafted in the second round at least he was drafted though unlike this nfl player who won two mvps after not being drafted at all and spending some time playing for something called the iowa barnstormers uh we, we can lock in over here black hole dude <laughs> tim tebow he wasn't an mvp of anything right <laughs> um mvp of jesus um uh, patrick mahomes <laughs> patrick mahomes is a football guy Let's say Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> They're going with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I knew this one based on a, a little uh, video biography of this player. Um, famously used to bag groceries. Uh, and we went with quarterback Kurt Warner. Uh, yes, while Ken is correct, Patrick Mahomes is a football player. The person I was looking for was Kurt Warner. So close. The points for Nomads. After regulation, it looks like Team Born to Rent is going to have 160 points to wager in the final round, and Nomad Men will have 175, so it is much closer. Creeping up. Yep. All right, so your final round categories are going to be Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, and Heart. I thought you said no more Captain Planet, Matt. <laughs> this is the last Captain Planet, I promise. Sure, sure it is. All right, all the wagers are locked in. Both teams going all the way in, so it's just going to come down to our, our pure skill. All right, question one. In Earth, consisting of the crust and upper mantle, what is the name of the outer layer of the Earth that we are currently podcasting on? Question two in Fire. Chicago Fire is the Dick Wolf executive produced show that launched an entire multi-show universe called One Chicago. Within three, how many seasons is the entire Chicago universe when you include PD, Med, Fire, and Justice? Question three, Wind. Wind Waker is the 10th installment in this legendary Nintendo video game series. Question four, Water. This is the name of the type of horticulture where the plants are grown completely without soil. Question five, Heart. Hearts on Fire was the name of the greatest montage scene, editorial note, in which Academy Award-winning movie franchise, which taught us that if I can change and you can change, everybody can change. All right. We will discuss these answers and we'll be right back. 
Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, looks like both teams are locked in. The wagers are locked in. So let's finish up this game. Uh, so let's talk about Earth consisting of the crust and upper mantle. What is the name of the outer layer of the Earth that we're currently podcasting on? Let's start with Born to Rent. All right, again, uh, wagering 30 on every question here. I'm going to toss to Casey on this one. Yeah, so we uh, locked in with the lithosphere for this one. Yep, not to be confused with the infosphere no. in Futurama. We wagered 30 points and said the lithosphere. Points for both teams. It is the lithosphere. Good job. I backed myself. I that only had the easy ones. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's going to come down to this next question. Yeah. To determine the winner. I would think so. Yeah, probably. All right. Number two, then in fire, Chicago fire. Uh, we're talking about the one Chicago universe. Uh, how many seasons are there there? I have some friends who work on the show. So I was, Pretty close, I think, in the seasons. I wasn't 100% sure, but I think we're narrowly there. Uh, Chicago Justice was canceled after one season, so I knew that one was kind of a gimme with one. Uh, PD and Fire are neck and neck. Uh, I know they're both around uh, eight seasons, so it's either one above or one below eight or seven. So we said um, PD had uh, eight seasons and Fire had nine. nine. And then uh, Chicago Med, I know it was about three or four years after the PD Fire um, universe started so we said that that was five so five. that would give us a total of uh, 23 all right we went a little bit higher and we said 30 okay so chicago fire is on its ninth season uh chicago pd on its eighth uh chicago justice only one season sadly and chicago med is on its sixth so it's 24 uh so <sighs> points for the nomad men I can't believe that's we're only one off. Went a little high. Yeah, that's Neil. That's impressive. <laughs> well, yeah. considering that I was trying to that get higher, was... and your instincts were better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Question three. Let's go to Wind Waker. Uh, it's the tenth installment of what legendary Nintendo video game series? Born to Rent. Extremely difficult. Uh, question. That would be. Yeah, um, yeah. That would be Conan the Barbarian. No, uh, that was uh, Legend of Zelda. 
Yeah, we too, of course, uh, said that this was all part of the Legend of Zelda series. Points to both teams, and that question is courtesy of me running out of time. So let's move <laughs> on to question four. Uh, in water, and the category is very important to the answer of this question, because uh, apparently there's two. Uh, so this is the name of the horticulture where there's no soil. Uh, let's start with the nomad men. Yep. Um, when we think about uh, horticulture without uh, soil, it could be aeroponic, but seeing as how Matt said the category was water, we went with hydroponic as our official answer. Same thing. The answer was hydroponic. So great job to both teams. And in my favorite question, category five, hearts on fire. Great montage scene. Great speech by the lead character at the end here, uh, Born to Rent. Uh, what is that film franchise? Uh, that would be the Rocky franchise um, where that comes in. Happy birthday, Polly. All right. And we also went with uh, one of the best montages uh, that will be in screens uh, with a director's cut this year in 2021. So we went with Rocky. Oh, exciting news and a correct answer from both teams there. Uh, the answer, of course, was Rocky. Well, doing some bad math over here, I believe it is correct. Uh, team Born to Rent uh, just couldn't uh, close the sale with the boss uh, on that. Even uh, with an impressive 250 points. Right. The 250 mm. points was not enough to get them the down payment on their uh, three-story uh, bed and bath that they were buying from the boss. Stone, yeah. You mm. guys want some scones? They've been evicted from this game. They're getting evicted <laughs> by the boss. Uh, but uh, Team Nomad Men uh, win the game with 325 points in our today's Cream of the Crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Good game. Good game. Good game, Good game guys. Good game. Seriously. We were neck and neck pretty much the whole time. And then at the, the second round, you guys just came up right behind us. Yeah, we were, we were losing some ground. So, And you whispered in our ear and said, we're coming for you. Well, Casey, you make a great teammate. <laughs> I think we complimented each other very well. We did. Any, uh, any uh, last uh, statements today? I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, and I appreciate you guys... Uh, you know, let me uh, spend a little time just to put a little bit of plug about um, just methadone treatment in general. Um, you know, there's a lot of stigma that goes around about methadone. Um, you know, a lot of people think that it's kind of just trading one drug for another, and that's just not true. Um, when people go on methadone, you know, the only thing that it does is that it helps them to uh, stave off the physical symptoms and the withdrawal uh, enough for them to get their lives back in order. You know, it's, I like to tell people that you know, when, when someone's going through an addiction, um, you know, it's, it's like they have a gunshot wound and they're trying to get to the hospital and they've got this old raggedy rag that's probably causing an infection holding in the, holding the blood and we're trying to tell them to take it away and they're saying, why are you doing that, right? Because it's, it's keeping the blood in, you know, I need this here. And, you know, it's, it's hard to have someone, you know, try to take that off of that wound and uh, methadone helps with that. It's a fresh rag to put on top of that gunshot wound until they can get to the hospital to get to the real things that they need to fix in their lives. You know, they're getting a good job, uh, restoring those relationships and things that, that they're struggling with. So, you know, methadone is a, a great thing. And um, I've seen people get into this kind of treatment and do really, really well and, you know, come back into society in a really big way. So, you know, if you have an MAT clinic in your town, um, or if you know any charities that that help out with opioid addiction and the opioid crisis, please, uh, you know, jump out there, try to try to do something about it, and you know, remember that people are people in this position are struggling really hard, you know, and they're doing their best. 
um, thanks guys for letting me have that minute. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for the uh, hard but uh, very worthwhile work that you do uh, on a daily basis, Casey. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope uh, it's, it's a tough time, obviously, in our country right now facing this problem specifically. Um, but we again, we want to thank you for uh, taking on that hard work onto your shoulders and helping out with it. Well, they do all the hard work. I'm just the one that helps them with it. But thanks, guys. That's true. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And thanks again, Casey, so much for being on the show today. Thanks for being a Patreon supporter. We obviously appreciate it so much. Uh, thanks to Jeff, Ken, and Neil for joining me. My name is Matt, and that has been Triviality. Now, when the boss was singing about like the blue collar workers and stuff, do you think he was including podcasters in that group or? Or maybe I think that not. was like the I think that was like the dude in the van that was like short broadcasting his radio station that only like three people listen to. So yeah. technically, yeah, it was, okay. it was I would the equivalent say, I would of a say podcast. For sure, if he knew about podcasts in the future, he would. Okay, yeah, I, I really like this idea though that he's a realtor and it's it's the bo <laughs> boss realty with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. The E Street Band was just a series of people that bought from him on E Street. Yes. It yeah. was even, Max Weinberg owns a, a three flat on E Street, and that's why. Yep.